Good evening. I always uh, preface uh, the sermons uh, with the word of thanksgiving uh, to God because God is always good to us. Uh, now I know there are times when we uh, hear things repeatedly or do things repeatedly that it is possible uh, that they become just a routine for us. Uh, but I believe that there are among us uh, always those that are uh, aware of God's goodness, thankful for God's goodness, and appreciate uh, time being taken uh, to thank God for being good to us. Uh, of the many ways that God is good to us is he allows us to assemble together uh, in his name to worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and I don't know about you, but worship uh, and, and the fellowship of the saints are bright spots uh, in, in my living. Uh, I've come to church not in the best of moods for whatever reason, and left feeling much better. Uh, and I know that has everything to do with being able to sing God's praise and be around uh, God's people, uh, because worship is a time of praise and blessing. Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, it's just a good thing to be with the people of God, uh, attending to the praise of God, and for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again this evening to uh, Psalm 107, the text that was just read into our hearing. Uh, we want to read again, just for emphasis sake, uh, verse number two. Uh, the psalmist declares, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Based on uh, the words of the psalmist, we want to use this evening as a subject, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, now I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Uh, I preached this sermon here at Laurel almost four years ago to the day. Uh, according to my notation, uh, we preached it July 19, 2015 uh, at the morning services. Uh, now, I'm going to preach it again tonight, not because I've run out of material uh, or I'm suffering from writer's block. Uh, I, I have two reasons that one of these will fit your fancy, hope prayerfully. Uh, one, a word of encouragement is always in order. Uh, that, that, that word of encouragement is just always good. And, and then I appreciate there are people that come into the church and maybe they haven't been here at Laurel for four years. Uh, so we want you to have the blessing uh, of uh, hearing uh, the word of encouragement uh, that the, uh, the Lord has supplied in Psalm 107. Uh, and when we say an encouraging word, uh, appreciate that an encouraging word can be more than the promise of relief. Uh, I'm sure when Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, when, when God told him, set your house in order for you shall die and, and not live, I, I'm sure Hezekiah was encouraged when the Lord uh, came back to him and said, I've added 15 years to your living. Uh, but you know, you don't always get relief uh, uh, when you pray. I remember Paul prayed three times about his thorn in the flesh, and, and God said, you're going to keep the thorn in the flesh, but my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes an encouraging word is an exhortation to shoulder up to one's cross uh, or, or, or to soldier on in time of adversity and trouble. Uh, 
Moreover, a, a word of encouragement is not always new information. Uh, Peter writes in 2 Peter 1, verses 12 and 13, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Sometimes we need to hear things we've heard before. Uh, an encouraging word is always timely. So when we look at Psalm 107, uh, I, I want to start with the proposition uh, that more is not always better. Uh, a job is not better simply because it pays more money. Uh, a house is not a better home simply because it has more space. A church is not better simply because it has more people. More is not necessarily better. Sometimes better is a greater appreciation for what already is. Life can be better even when there's no change in my circumstances. It, it can be better even if there is no lightening of my burdens or lessening of my troubles. Man, through, through all ages and all dispensations, knows what it is to have troubles and trials. And trouble will put you through some things, not just because of the trouble itself, but because of the way some people treat you when trouble comes your way. You know, I, I've just discovered in my living that everybody won't lend a helping hand. Some people prefer to hurt rather than to help, to kick you while you're down, so to speak. Some people are not really concerned about your well-being. They just want to stay abreast of what's going on. Uh, now, if we weren't in polite company, I'd say they're just plain nosy. But I'm learning that troubles and trials are but preludes to blessings. Uh, you remember the word of exhortation from James in James 1, verses 2 and 3? He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It's not a matter of what troubles we go through, for God is able at a minimum to give us a bigger portion of grace. What really matters is our response to our troubles. And when you read the Bible account, the, the people of God have spanned the gamut in how they respond to trouble. In Exodus chapter 17, Israel wondered, is the Lord among us or not? On the other hand, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises at midnight. So troubles, trials, and challenges present us with some options. Uh, options on how we'll react, how we'll respond to the trouble. And as God's children, we ought to thank God for more than the things that move us to smile. Uh, we ought to thank God for everything, including our trials and our troubles. I believe 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, uh, still says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So in Psalm 107, the psalmist says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, the say-so of the text is more than just speech. 
Uh, the people of God has all, have always been charged to say what we mean and mean what we say. You remember Jesus in Matthew 5, he, he said, let your yes be yes and, and your no be no. But, but the people of God ought to be able to say so. No, no matter what's going on in, in my life, I can always say that God is good. But it ought to be more than just a verbal say-so. My living ought to attest to the fact that God is good. Do you remember Brother Job? Job, at the height of his distress, said so. Naked came I from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when we look at the text here, Psalm 107, verse 2, uh, again, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The fact that we have been redeemed, and not just redeemed by the blood of Jesus, but, but God has blessed us through all of the trials and troubles that we faced in life. Uh, 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 number one, we are able to discern from the text here that the redeemed of the Lord say so in spite of. And, and if the question be asked, in spite of what? Uh, in spite of our hardships. Everybody's going to have some hardships. I don't know why we act surprised sometimes uh, when we have hardship. If you read your Bible from cover to cover, nowhere are the people of God promised exemption uh, from life. You know, life just happens. And sometimes we help life happen. Uh, you know, sometimes things happen that we didn't see coming, and then sometimes things happen that we were actually the catalyst for the happening. But, but I'm learning that you have to find the blessing in your trouble. Uh, uh, again, if we could refer to the example of Paul in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Uh, Paul prayed for relief. God said, Paul, I'm not going to give you relief in terms of removal, but let me remind you my grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, now, if this was a sermon about 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10, uh, you know, we talk about the fact that my trouble is not about my trouble. God said, Paul, you got trouble, but, but the trouble isn't really about the thorn in the flesh. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul learned to say so in spite of. I, I've got to keep this thorn in the flesh, but in spite of that, I'm going to say that God is good. You just have to learn how to have the right perspective, the, the, you know, take the right look at things. Uh, I'm sure you've heard... Uh, uh, the story of Robinson Crusoe. And, and it's told in many different ways, but in, in one account of Robinson Crusoe, uh, a very interesting rendition of that account is given. Robinson makes it to land after the shipwreck, and he's sitting there feeling sorry for himself like we do sometimes when trouble finds us. And, and he starts writing in the sand, and he writes all the bad things that have happened to him. I'm shipwrecked. I have no clothes. All the provisions have been lost. I'm here all by myself. You just know how you, you can just wallow in your misery, and you can just find one reason after another to, to, to be blue. But, but after he sat there for a while, 
he, he drew a line next to all the negative things. And, and, and as he thought about it, there was something positive that offset every negative that he had written down. He was shipwrecked, but he was still alive. The only one that had survived the shipwreck. Uh, he had no clothes, but it was warm on the island and he was all by himself, so it wasn't really a pressing need. All the provisions had been lost, but there was plenty of fruit and water on the island, so he wouldn't starve or die of thirst. Sometimes you just have to learn how to look at the things that I'm going through. And anybody can look at a situation and see the negative. You know, the negative just kind of rears its head and says, here I am. But, but the redeemed ought to be able to look at something and still see God is good. I, I may have to keep this thorn, but his grace is sufficient. I, I, I may have to go through a valley, but thank God I'm going through the valley as opposed to taking up residence uh, in the valley. And, and then as we keep reading there in, in Psalm 107, if you drop down to verse 5 with me, he says, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. I submit to you that not only do the redeemed of the Lord say so in spite of, sometimes the redeemed of the Lord say so instead of. And again, the question is asked, instead of what? And in this case, it's instead of complaining. You know, anybody can complain. You know, people don't have to teach you to, you know, how to complain. It, 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 that just kind of comes to us quite naturally. But, but it takes somebody with a real appreciation for the goodness of God, with God's spirit in them, to say God is good even when my circumstances are not. And, and I believe that all of us have things about which we could complain. You know, I'm sure somebody has complained about how hot it is today. Well, 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 if you can't take anything else from how hot it is today, just take that as God's way of letting you know you really don't want to be lost. Think of his hot every day. It, it, what if that was the, the weather forecast through eternity? Everybody has things they could complain about, but complaining, like worrying, only makes it seem worse than it really is. And rather than complain about what's wrong, we ought to thank God for what's right. Uh, again, if we could cite Brother Job, if we could sympathize with anybody about complaining. Job, you've lost all your stuff. You've lost all your children. You've been stricken with a disease from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. If we could sympathize with anybody singing the blues, surely it would have been Job. But every time misfortune found him, Job praised God. In fact, the Bible commentary is, in Job's speech, he never charged God foolishly. Rather than charge God foolishly, Job said so. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, uh, uh, verse number 11, Paul says, I have learned. You know, every time I go through that verse, I, I, I try to remember. Now, learn means you didn't always know. I have learned in whatsoever state I find myself, therewith to be content. Uh, Paul didn't always have that frame of mind. Uh, again, when God blesses me to obey the gospel and then he puts his spirit inside me and he elevates my thinking and blesses me with a church family and just helps me see life from a different perspective, you learn to see life from a different perspective. There are things, thank God, years ago that maybe would have distressed me uh, that I've just learned. You know what, Rick, grow up some. 
You know, it, 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 your, your, your focus ought to be on spiritual things and not, not secular things. It, life may not work out exactly the way you want it, but, but what's the most important thing? Isn't the most important thing being able to see God at peace? Yeah, and mind you, I'm not signing up to get sick, and I'm sure it's hard to deal with certain illnesses, uh, certain uh, physical maladies. You know, when you just have the chronic illness, not, not when we get the sniffles. You know, I get the sniffles, and I'm glad when they're gone. But, but I'm sure it's hard to deal with these things that you go to the doctor repeatedly, that you go to these things where the doctor's going to put you on medication and you're going to be on medication for the rest of your living, for, for these uh, uh, sicknesses that, that just bring you pain day in and day out. I, I'm sure those things are hard to deal with. But Paul said, I have learned. What we always have to remember is life from God. Life is from God. And God has measured me and promised me that I will never put more on your plate than I know you are able to handle. I'm just glad God is good like that. Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Contentment precludes complaining. And contentment stems from trusting God's righteousness and faithfulness. I don't always know why God does what he does, but I know God. I don't know why he allows what he allows, but I know God. I think I heard uh, Brother Farron say in Bible class this morning, I, I don't have to be able to explain everything. But when it comes to the Bible, the Bible is the word of God and it's just right. I embrace that by faith. Well, well, as I look through my living, I don't always know what God is trying to show me. And, and even down the road, you can look back sometimes and Lord, if you were trying to show me something, I still don't know what it was you were trying to show me. Now what I have learned is sometimes I'm not trying to show you anything. I'm trying to show somebody else something, and I just decided to use you to show somebody else something. But even if I can't figure it out, I know that I know God, and that God is good, and God is faithful. Sometimes you have to say so instead of complaining. And then third there this evening, in, in, in verse number eight, the psalmist says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Sometimes we say so in spite of our hardships. Sometimes we say so instead of complaining, but all the time we ought to say so because of God's blessings. God just blesses us every day. Every day that you have awake to a new day, guess who it was that woke you up? As one old preacher said, the alarm clock didn't wake you up. It doesn't wake anybody up. You think that's not true? Take it to a cemetery and see how many people get up when it goes off. God woke you up. Uh, he just allowed the alarm clock to be the stimulus by which he used to wake you up. He blesses us every day. And in Christ, God gives us all that we need. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul declares that we have received all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And remember, God's best blessings aren't material in nature. We need to focus more on our blessings than our distresses. I, again, I think everybody has something you could complain about. Yeah, it's hot today. It is. And, and, and even if heat, it, you know, I like heat, but it's just hot today. I, you know, anywhere you slice that, it's just hot. You know what? I'm glad to be alive to feel the heat. I, I, I'm glad for one more day to live in God's service. I'm glad to come and see the, uh, uh, the saints of God again. Focusing on our distresses influences one to be negative. 
and appreciate on top of that, as, bre as brethren, we ought to be blessings to one another. You know, when the church comes together, I ought to be able to get a word of encouragement if I need it. I ought to be able to find a listening ear if I need it, or a helping hand from a family member. You know, that's one of the great blessings of coming together. Uh, we don't always see each other in the course of our normal activities through the week. You know, we don't all work at the same place or live in the same neighborhood, but aren't you glad for the set times we have that the saints come together, that I can be encouraged? Aren't you glad for the times that the saints come together and you can just hear God's children singing God's praise? And man, if the singing sounds uh, that good down here, imagine what it's going to sound like when we get to the other side. I'm just glad that God blesses us every day, and he always blesses us with all that we need to get through the day. He's just good like that. Let the redeemed say so. We ought to say that God is good. Uh, we ought to say that Jesus is Christ. Uh, uh, we ought to say that man needs to obey the gospel to be reconciled to God. And, and then we ought to tell people the same gospel message uh, that we find revealed in the scriptures. Uh, you know, it, it's all right to, to, to feel good about God, amen and hallelujah. It, it's all right to hold Christian beliefs, but people need to obey the gospel. Uh, we need to keep preaching that people need to hear the gospel, Romans 10, 17, believe that Jesus is the Christ, John 8, 24, be willing to repent of sin, Luke 13, 3, make the confession of faith in Christ, Matthew 10, 32, and then be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. The redeemed ought to say so. You know, there are all kinds of people out there saying other kinds of messages. Uh, you know, God knows your heart. Just accept Jesus uh, as your personal savior. Have you ever thought some of those things through? Accept Jesus. Jesus doesn't need our acceptance. He is Lord and Christ. We need his acceptance. The, the question is not so much whether I have accepted him, the question is, has he accepted me? And he accepts us when we render obedience to the gospel. And then in the waters of baptism, as a matter of grace and mercy, God washes away our sins and dwells us with his spirit and adds us to the church. And the expectation thereafter is that we will walk faithfully after his will and we will be among those that say so. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.